When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 182. My name's Turner Sparks. And I am Mike Kaplan. You can find me at Turner Sparks on Instagram, turnersparks.com. You can find Kaplan at K-A-P, Kaplan America on Instagram. You can find this show at Lost in America Pod on Instagram and at Lost in America Pod. Kaplan, on the show today, we have Larry the Cable Guy. Wow, very exciting. Look we at talked us. About, yeah, the big guests. It's about time we get some big guests around here in the Zoom room. We got a big guest so, and almost uh, sort of my boss, if you think of it that way. Yeah, you know, that's, ex- that's a lot of pressure on you now, actually. You got to be funny today. I got to be funny. He's he's uh, signed me to his record label, Get Her Done Records. My first album came out there in September. Turner Sparks Live from the Friars Club, September 2019. And uh, so don't expect any quarantine material on that. You know, that one already came out. Uh, the quarantine not, material's coming yeah. soon. That's what I'm doing every week now on Zoom, on my Zoom shows on Friday nights. But Kaplan, Larry the Cable Guy, this is going to be... Um, uh, it's going to be exciting. He's in Lincoln, Nebraska, or maybe outside yeah. of Lincoln, Nebraska. What we realized, why we want to have him on, is because we've been having on people, a lot of big city, you know, people in Atlanta, people in New York City. We had someone in uh, China, I believe. We've, we've had around the- people in places where the coronavirus is affecting them directly. Hot spot. Hot, yeah, spot. hot spot. We haven't had anybody on LA. yet. Yeah. L.A. We haven't had anyone on yet where the coronavirus is not necessarily hitting their city that hard, but they're still doing the social distancing like all of us are. They kind of got thrown into our boat. Yeah, they're doing the, They did the. I don't think they had the, ever had a state lockdown the way we experienced it. So I'm curious to hear how, what they were doing. And or maybe they and, did. We'll know. We'll find yeah, I out. I don't even know. I don't do research. But so I'm exci- Yeah, exactly. But, I'm excited to have yeah. him on. Before we get to him, he'll be up in a few minutes. Before that, Kaplan. Big yeah. news out of New York City. They are now, you Ooh. know, camp is now summer camp. Is you're, a, you're telling me about camp. I like it. Look Go at on. that. I know the Jewish sleepaway camps. I just <laughs> somehow I got an email about these. I'm not exactly sure how, but they emailed me. And this is not a bit. This is real. I got it from New York Metro The reason why Wait. I got it is because we list our show. My Friday uh, night show on Zoom, which you can get tickets to at turnersparks.com. My every Friday night we do the show comedy show on Zoom. It's a clean show. So families can watch it. So they list it at New, New York mm. Metro Parents.com. I think that how oh, I got on the, that way I got on the Which email is list. funny because I'm a parent of two and I'm not on New York Metro Parents.com, but I will start checking that. Well, I out. perform comedy for all these parents and kids. Yeah, so yeah. um anyway, they list it over there. So I'm on their email list. They sent me this thing. I want to get your take on it. So camp, I think in-person camp is a big part of New York City culture. Can we say that? Yeah, I mean, camp is a big part of. I think it's a Northeast culture in general, and and my cult in New York City. I it's a it's it's like a lifeboat for me. I've been looking forward to sending my kids to camp ever since school was canceled because I need them out of the house. I need them socializing. I need them away from me for the day. Well, I got good tired. news for you. So the thing is, yes. the idea is you take them out of New York City, you throw them out in the woods on a lake on a river. It's like salute your shorts that Nickelodeon right. show. Yeah. And, and we have a day camp that we were going to start this year where they were going to pick up in a bus early in the morning, go out to Long Island for the whole day, do all sorts of stuff, sports, archery. All all right. sorts of Even, I got great news. And, You're going to love this. You're going to love this. Announcing 2020 summer virtual summer camp. 
Look at that. For only a reduced <laughs> price. It used to be $10,000. Now for $7,000 only, your kids can go for six whole weeks to a virtual summer camp. How about that? From 9 to 1230, 9 a.m. to 1230. And then, uh, or, or that can be one option. Or well, they can go from 9 a.m. to 5 all day. I mean. 5 p.m. <sighs> So I was going, but yeah, I mean, the timing of this is, is, is genius on their part because I got the news this week that I think a lot of parents got where camp was officially canceled. Yes. Like this camp that I was just talking about, it's gone. They're not having it this year. So I need options and I don't think there's going to be any summer camps this year that are in person. So I have to consider this, but sell me on it a little bit. What am I going to get for how much? $7,000? It's only seven grand. Okay. And it sounds crazy, but I'm just crazy enough that I might do it. That's- All right, here we go. Here I'm reading through it here. They get um, core psychological and executive functioning <laughs> skills building classes. <laughs> All right. I'm not even I'm not even joking. Oh, also psychological? So maybe wait, <laughs> physiosocial. What does that mean? Is that psychological? Psych Psychosocial? I don't even know what that means. Psychosocial, excuse me. And is that means that you make friends? Is that a fancy way of saying you meet other kids? I think it's a seven thousand dollar way of saying you make make friends. Yes. Okay. Um, you get uh, it's for six executive weeks. functioning level. Are you building like uh, CEOs here? Yeah, this is for future CEOs. If you want to, okay. you know, if you want to start a new Amazon, this is for you. If you want to take <laughs> over the world one day, if you want to okay. shut down the whole country, this is for you, you know? All right. So um, another thing you get, reduce screen time. But screen time is in quotation marks. So I don't know what well, that because, means. Well, I think it's because it's reduced screen time, except for the fact that you have to do a virtual camp by any definition means you're on a screen, right? Yeah. If you're not on a screen, then you're really How not you getting your it? money's worth. Is, is it like the Star Wars Force where you have a person who just speaks to you like clairvoyantly? Like how does they how maybe they just give do- you some homework and you go sit you just sit in your uh, living room and do it for seven grand? Yeah, I think uh, this is what they mean by quotes with screen time. It's like you're not playing a video game, but you're on a screen doing uh, psychosocial skills. Or are you playing sports? Or what are you doing? I like how they're they're changing. You know, as people say, well, I'm not going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you my truth. Like, yes. that's like America's now all about my truth. Right. Which is not necessarily true. That, I love that. Now, screen time. I'm not I'm not talking about screen time. I'm talking about screen time. What I yeah. call screen time is now the definition of screen time. Uh, so there's more cap. Let me give you more new camper. More. Oh, this is another thing you get for seven thousand dollars. You get to see new camper faces from all over New York City and the country. Because they think they're going to hoodwink people from other parts of the country to pay seven grand. Well, either way, it just means you get to see other people, other kids who also paid seven grand. Right. It's a real scheme for seven grand. You get to see someone else who paid seven grand. (laughs) Well, you can see them for free. You don't need to pay seven grand. As far as I know, I can tell you. And then you also get, oh, this is another benefit you get for seven grand. Twice exceptional gifted children who Mm. also have learning differences Mm. And their summer peers will be united for one unforgettable summer. Yeah. So this is something I met. What does that mean? We were were in a parenting class once, which is something that I haven't talked about. I should one day, but there was somebody who was talking about how their kid was twice exceptional. And I was, I I wanted to be a wise ass. Like, I don't, what does that mean? Is that a fancy way of saying your kid's gifted, but has like social issues? Or does it mean like they're special? Like they're a little slow. Yeah, yeah, but you're trying to be like, he's actually smart. He's special, but he's smart. Like, I don't know what that means, 
But I know my kids don't qualify, as I've discussed. I mean, Ruby Kaplan can ba- basically can't read anymore from not paying attention <laughs> yeah, and just she learning. She's, she reads less than she did three months ago, right? Yeah, her reading is falling apart. So she cannot read. So the idea that she's twice exceptional, she's not once exceptional. <laughs> she's half, half exceptional. I don't know what that gets us. It's going to be a forgettable summer is what I'm trying to say. But well, maybe, maybe twice exceptional is one of those, you know, like, you know how you say like kids who have learning disabilities are special. We say that. So maybe that means they have double the amount of learning disabilities, twice exceptional. Right. But how does kids, I don't know what this camp, I don't know who they're trying to get because the, the person, the summer camp kid is not a market of like people who are like, there are all sorts of, they're kids who like to do things, play, play. How does this help a kid? who wants to play football or play soccer or play basketball. Like that's, they're not coming up to them at all. Well, what I like, what I love about this is that what they're selling you has nothing to do with them. They're basically just saying they will connect you with other kids. Like, yeah. And it's like, then we'll figure it out. Once we get the kids all connected, we'll figure out what they like. And I I don't know what to tell these people because like I had somebody ask me, because once our camp got canceled, I panically called someone I know who runs a camp. And I was like, are you guys going to have camp this year? And she's like, I think we're going to do a Zoom camp. What do you think of that idea? I was like, no, we're out. Because, like, yeah. my kids don't – they don't like – they can't do Zoom karate. They don't want to Zoom with their classmates for more than two seconds. They're not – kids are not mentally – like, they like to FaceTime their grandparents and stuff, but they don't want to, like – they can't follow directions the way, like, we can. They don't – it's not what camp is. It's just, like, forget it. You know what? We all need to – if it's not going to be camp, we need to say – Screen time is okay this summer. They're going to spend the entire summer playing video games. Yeah, not everything. It, I think what you're saying is not yeah. everything has to be done on Zoom now. Yeah, not everything has to be done. Just because we have Zoom, it's, it doesn't mean we have to use it. And camp is a better replacement for – I don't want my kids playing video games. I want them doing something. But if they can't do that, then it's like, let's play the video games. We'll go out once a day. It's going to be hell. I'm going to kill myself this summer, but well, Kaplan, (laughs) speaking of killing yourself this summer, but uh, one last thing, you know, we stand corrected. We've been told we were wrong. We have been saying the best part, the one, the one bright spot in this whole pandemic is that in New York Mm. city now and in major cities, you can drink on the street. They sell alcohol out of bars, but they sell it out the window. You can take it. You can take it to go. And then you can tell everybody that. Yeah. It's one of my great things. Reason I stayed in New York. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And I've been drinking it like iced coffee. I'm walking around pounding beers, pounding beers. Tyler, my brother's been doing it through the streets of Arlington, Virginia. Well, 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 lo and behold, I get a letter. Somehow I'm on everyone's mailing list. The (laughs) nightlife, the nightlife mayor of New York city. uh, I'm on their Anastasia Ertz. Yeah, I'm on her mailing list, and they said, not true, you, and now they're making all these bars put up signs outside of their bar that says, no drinking on the streets. Like, yes, you can take alcohol to go, but you can't drink it while you have your margarita in your hand walking down the street. I say hogwash. I say, if you're worried about 450,000 people who've already left New York City, double that now that they find out they can't drink on the street. Oh, and also, if you want to support small businesses, because this is what we're talking about, it's like you could buy a beer in a grocery store for cheaper always than from a bar, but you, but you want to support the small bar that could go out of business. So I'm paying up for a drink. I'm paying, I bought Randy a pina colada from a bar the other day just to be help the bar out. Yes. But if I can't drink it on the street and we have to take it home with us, the pina colada gets warm, it gets all watery. Any, any mixed drink you get is going to fall apart on you. Why am I? It's not. It no makes no anymore. sense, de Blasio. The, the one good thing about this whole thing was like, we were the one libertarian streak we were doing during this whole pandemic, which made sense because obviously government has to fix some problems here. But 
The one libertarian thing you guys threw me, Crumb, was that we could drink in the streets, I thought. And now you're going to try to take that away. That's ridiculous. There should be no reason why there's open container laws anywhere, especially in New York City. The people in the park outside my apartment do not know this advice. They sit there drinking all weekend. Well, good. Good for them. And, uh, yeah. So I'm not going to let, let the cops go bust them up. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, that's it, Cap. We're going to get to Larry. Last thing I want to say. Yeah. Follow you guys. If you're enjoying the show, Patreon, we cap and I do this four extra days a week. Did I already say that? I don't know. I think we're saying yeah. that. We'll say that again later Four extra days a week. Yeah. Patreon.com slash lost in America for five bucks a month. You get five episodes a week of us talking quarantine, talking our lives in the bunker cap. And this is it. This is a taste. This is a taste. Now let's bring in Larry. What should we do? Let's uh, patch him in. What do you say? Patch him in. back with larry the cable guy welcome to the show man man turner this is so fun i'm excited to be on your show <laughs> i've been wanting to get on you know you've called me come on come on i was gonna do it yesterday but i forgot it was memorial day so yeah I what just, were you doing we figured you might be grilling or barbecue or something well no i didn't i didn't grill or barbecue my kid i got a stock pond here so me and my kid went down and and uh, he's trying to catch catfish let me tell you this so I go, he calls me down there. He goes, Dad, Dad, you got to come see this catfish. He's got an alien on him. I'm like, what the hell? So I go to, and which is odd because he's 40 years old. So <laughs> no, he's, he's 12. So I, I go down there, and this is the weirdest thing ever. I go, what in the world? This catfish is po- it's, it's coming from his butt, his anus. And... Uh, <laughs> He's and it's wrapped around him, and it's a spine. It's what? Yeah, whatever it is, you can see the little bones. And I'm like, what is that? (laughs) Well, come to find out, he was pooping out a snake at eight. Whoa, really, (laughs) dude? How crazy is that? This is all right. I can already tell I, I I, this is different than New York okay. City. Educational, yeah. I didn't know this is possible. Dude, I didn't either, but I'm going, what is that thing? And as I'm looking at it, I go, well, hold on a second. Let's get it out of there. So I stepped on it. And so he took the catfish and pulled the catfish so we could pull it out of him. And we pulled it out of him. And it was, it was probably, it was a big old catfish, probably a three pounder. But Dude. that thing probably, I would say that was probably a 16-inch long snake. Holy Whoa. cow. Yeah. I didn't know fish could poop. I never thought about that before. Yeah, well, I can't get back. <laughs> maybe a foot, maybe 12-inch. But it was long. It was like, and it had, and it was the whole spinal cord of the fish. So how crazy. So that's not, that's not normal, right? <laughs> well, I think, it, I think they, well, they eat snakes, but I've never... I've never caught one in the act of pooping out the snake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, he's enjoying a good shit and he, he, gets, yeah. he gets the hook and ruins his whole day. They're actually <laughs> eating and pooping at the same time. The, the only thing, my sister's the only one that does that that I know. <laughs> 
So what's going on, man? In uh, what's Lincoln, Nebraska? Is there fo- football? Are we going to be? Are we? Is that going to be happening? Oh, I think you're going to see some football. You do? Yeah, I think you're going to see it. Look, I I don't ever want to get political on these things, but uh, this is <laughs> you know I just sent out a tweet. I, the whole mass thing pisses me off. You know, I mean. <laughs> Six months into a pandemic. Oh, now let's start wearing masks. It doesn't make any sense, first of all. You know, the (laughs) CDC comes out and says early on, they have literally done, you go on, you go on all these old pages about masks. They have literally done years and years and years and years and years of, of scientific research on masks throughout the, I mean, and their final conclusion, of course, was, well, if there's a real bad virus, masks really aren't going to protect you that much. The best of the, if somebody is sick, they should wear one to stop from spreading it. But if you're not sick, you shouldn't wear one, as a matter of fact. I mean, they have this whole thing about it. And then all of a sudden, in literally overnight, they changed their entire view of it overnight. That is you curious know. that because the, the the Surgeon General was saying they were yeah they flipped I mean either one way or the other they were wrong at some point right they've been wrong the almost on every Dude, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's the craziest thing but anyway so I tweet so about, out this thing I tweet yeah. out this thing today you know the media is all for if it wasn't for in my opinion if it wasn't for the media scaring everybody and overblowing this thing. Uh, we would have never had to lose all these jobs. We would have never, but the media loves to create fear and panic. And everybody is basically, all these other doctors are saying, calm down, calm down. But they created the fear. So now they're in Wisconsin and they're mad because they opened the beaches, the lakes and stuff for Memorial Day. So all these Wisconsinites are out there and there's the reporter. They're doing a lot. They're doing a life thing. And he's like, he's got his mask on. But now, and she's asking questions from the studio. Well, isn't anybody concerned about their personal safety? And he goes, well, it doesn't look like it. There's not one person out here with a mask. And he's talking about how pissed off he is about nobody's wearing a mask. He's got his mask on. And then he goes, but nobody's really. And then at the end, but it's 40 seconds at the very end of it. He goes, well, but no, I don't see anybody wearing a mask and being responsible out here. And some guy walks by and goes, yeah, and that includes your cameraman and crew. <laughs> he was not, not even the cameraman and the crew was i think one guy on the crew was wearing a mask nobody else was it's all for show man it's well so. i think yeah i think it's region by region in new york city definitely well it's fully uh, indoors is also the you know and the, I, th- I think that taking it region by region city by city is 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 probably the way to go cuz in new york city there's definitely a virus people are dying but in other places that's kind of why we want to talk to you cuz well, everyone we talk to is has been in a place where some where there's extreme cases going on but in like we haven't talked to anybody yet who's in a place where there's not a well, lot of ca- cases we never, we never really had a lockdown or anything like that oh no i mean yeah. we don't even have that many cases it's you know, they started yeah. out with we. We're by the way, we're in the sixty seventh day of a fifteen day sh- lockdown. <laughs> so, um, and I honestly think that my family had it last year. I think this thing hit last year, and if you ask me, I think this is the second wave they're talking about. Because last year in November, I had a buddy of mine from Montana. His wife's mom died, and they said it was of a mysterious lung disease. 
and she passed away. My wife got horribly sick for about two days. Uh, no fever, but she just had a horrible throat and phlegm everywhere. My daughter uh, had like this horrible cough for like three days. My little boy one day got off the couch and threw up twice and it was all congested. And that was it. That was the extent of it. And I never got it. I haven't even, I haven't had the flu in 10 years. So, yeah. and I think a lot of that Turner is, and I don't want to take all the time talking here, but I think a, a lot of that is. <laughs> You're the guest, man. That's why we had you on. <laughs> but I think a lot of that is because I'm a stand-up comedian and I shake a crap load of hands yeah. and I meet a lot of people and my immune system has been yes. built up to withstand a lot of stuff. We're the immune, only, dude. Yeah. The only time, Turner, <laughs> exactly. The only time that I ever notice myself where I, I might be getting sick is when I don't get enough sleep and I wear it on my immune system. Like I remember being on the road a couple of times and I had shows and went golf and we had early tea times and I probably got three hours of sleep for four days. When I got home, I noticed myself, oh, my throat, I started getting phlegmy, yeah. I started getting sick. So what I did, the next couple of days, I slept about 10 or 11 hours every night, and it was fine. I built my immune system back up. But it just gets frustrating, I, I, you know, yeah. because there's doctors all over the place that say, you got to get out, you have to be around people to build your immune system up. And I think that's why I haven't, I think that's why I haven't gotten sick. The early days of stand up, I used to get strep throat twice a year, like clockwork in the summer and the winter. And the more and more that I toured and traveled and was with people, it went away. I haven't gotten strep throat since. Yeah, well, that's the, the immunity thing is true. like Kaplan keeps Kaplan. By the way, this is Mike Kaplan. That's the guy we do. I do the podcast. Nice hey, Mikey, how are you, buddy? Good, yeah, good, good how to you see doing? you. Well, you're a hor you're a horrible like host, Turner. Horrible. Host. <laughs> and uh, Turner, like to Turner doesn't shake as many hands as you, though. So it he's, only uh, <laughs> I'm ha I'm a, I'm one percent as immune as you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Cap was saying that you know I I escaped. To, I'm in uh, Virginia right now at my brother's place. We've been here a couple months. But Kaplan stayed in Long Island City, and the second wave's going to come to New York when people like me come back. And we don't have, you know, we haven't been walking around near it all for the last couple months. So you well, might be right. You know, it so, just get look the whole mass thing. It just gets ridiculous. You know, I saw a woman the other day. And, you know, it's always these flipping bitchy curmudgeon <laughs> douchebags, you know, like where so, you I know, a lot of them in New York, yeah, where <laughs> I go, but where I, where I golf at up the road, you know, Nebraska doesn't have that most, it's a huge state with only about a million two in it, you know? So we haven't been, we were, our governor's awesome. We got to do, he encouraged people to get out, get fresh air. And that's what you need to do. But I remember, there was a woman on the eighth hole, her and her husband, they just built this house. They were looking to the telescope and the binoculars and taking pictures of people, not social distancing on the golf course. Oh yeah. Sending them to the health department, trying to get the golf course shut down. Sure. Yeah. That's uh, I mean, that's Kaplan's whole neighborhood. He's been telling me that in Long Island city, New York, they're, 
That's a, that's a new we, um, hobby. That's a new thing to do now. We have a hotline and we have we can I can suss them out. I see people all covered up and they just take pictures. There's, There's a snitch line. There's a, yeah. the mayor put out a snitch line. There's a snitch line in New York City to do this. And, yeah, Kaplan, I heard that they did that, and all the pitch they were getting a bunch of, of uh, penis pictures. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Can you think, Larry? Can you think of a worse city to try to get people to snitch than New York City? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's the code it's, of the city. Don't snitch. You know. Yeah, you see these, yeah right. That's ridiculous. I try to get. I see them taking pictures, and I get closer to someone just so even though I am being responsible. Normally, just to get into trying to get famous somehow. Yeah. What yeah. about uh, what about are, are you are your kids um, high school age? Are they in school right now? No, are they're they... twelve and thirteen? And oh, they're twelve and thirteen. Are you teaching we, them? You know, we we've always homeschooled. So oh, really? Yeah, oh. we've always homeschooled, which is dumb because we're idiots. But <laughs> <laughs> so but you're P- ready for this, man? So no, it's, oh, they were yeah. ready. Yeah. yeah no but PE is always nice because PE is like take out the trash, wash my truck. <laughs> <laughs> You should give Kaplan notes. Kaplan yeah, has a no, uh, PA PE here today. They, they they do like videos that they're like they're doing <laughs> yoga and all sorts of weird stuff that their gym teacher setting them like dance uh, videos and stuff. They don't know what to do with these kids. So yeah, you know I feel <laughs> I, need tips. I feel bad for people that live like in apartments in the city and stuff that can't get out and their parks are closed. It really sucks. I, you know, my opening act that I take on the road with me, Nick Hoff is a real yeah. funny guy. I love him to death, but he's got three kids. He was shut up in his apartment in LA. And I said, Nick, get in your car and drive to your parents' house in Hastings, Nebraska. You know, at least yes. the kids can get out and they can go to the park and they can, I mean. Well, that's, that's why we, we left, uh, you know, it's just my wife and I, but we're in a one bedroom apartment in Brooklyn. We left to go to my brother's house in Virginia because he has a backyard and a front yard. And like, he, he, bought, he just bought mm. a blow Cheers. up. Hot, yeah. He just <laughs> bought a blow up hot tub with jets. So yeah. we're, li- we're living the high we're life the out of here. Yeah. You know? Well, it's yeah. got, it's got to end sometimes it's, it's, it's getting flat out ridiculous. So what about comedy wise? Are you, uh, what are you thinking looking forward? Like, is there any, you know, people are talking about outdoor shows. I saw somebody's doing a show like where everyone sits in their car and you go, you stand in a truck in a parking lot, zoom shows. Are man, you doing- I, man, Turner, I'm telling you, I don't, I, I really feel bad for comics that are up and coming. And I, I sent out a tweet a while back and I said, look, for all the comics that have had really good success and stuff, we need to help these comedy clubs out. So if there's a, if you had a home comedy club where you started or anything, then like, I'm going to do that at Omaha at the funny bone. I'm going to, as soon as they're allowed to have a full capacity crowd, I'll go up and do as many free shows as they need to do to take care of the staff that has lost wages to take care of the, hopefully get the club back up to where they can, you know, be okay. I mean, I don't care. I mean, if that takes three weeks, I'll do three weeks of shows. I mean, uh, but that's what they need to do to get these comedy clubs open. But, you know, I know comics now that have, that are funny comics that are working construction and they're, I mean, they, well, I'll be they, honest, man, you, you're saving me right now with the radio, you know? Well, that's the yeah. thing. Uh, you know, I'm glad that I was able to sign some guys, you know, because it gets you play on serious. Now guys like that, guys that are getting play on the radio and they're sitting at home and they're collecting some checks from their stuff getting earned. 
I mean, that that's a real good help for for people now. But I, as far as I'm as far as I am, I I, pro, I really don't know. I have I had you know I only do twenty five or thirty dates. I've slowed down a lot. Oh, yeah? you know, just kind of enjoy my life a little bit. I, I don't want to miss my kids growing up, but I still love getting on stage. I mean, this is the longest I've ever gone in thirty two years not getting on stage. Yeah. So I hope I even remember my act when it's time to go. <laughs> But, yeah, yeah. But I you haven't been doing Zoom. No Zoom comedy for you. No Zoom comedy for me. I don't. I don't. Uh, I, you know, but but people that are doing Zoom comedy, I get it. They're trying. They want to keep their name out there, and they want to. They want people to. I'm doing you know, it. I have yeah. a show every Friday night. My old. I used to host a Friday night show in Brooklyn at 8 p.m. And so we didn't do anything for six weeks when this happened. Our last show was March 6. And then we decided right at the end of April, let's try it again on Zoom. And every Friday night, we've had a full show. You know, I mean, like we make 100 tickets available and we've sold, we got 100 people showing up every time, 100 households, right? Yeah. And then, um, writing new material, trying it out, whatever. Just stay, well, see, trying that's to stay the way active. it is. Comics that hustle yeah. and think outside the box are going to do pretty good. But I do think though, that we're going to lose a certain percentage of clubs. I think the bigger yeah. clubs obviously are going to be okay because comics are going to go and help them out. But I think you're going to lose a lot of the smaller places where you used to be able to go and work out material. And it completely sucks because it didn't have to happen. You know, we took those two weeks and shut down the country to try and figure out what's going on. And it's almost like we put these medical people in charge of the economy. I, th I don't know. I think when it comes back, when I mean, back to stand up, though. So the club that I started at out in Shanghai that my friend and I started is now in Hong Kong and they got to reopen a week or two ago. Right. And it's just packed. So I think once we are allowed to reopen, it's going to come at least initially, right? Stand up will come exactly. back. Now, let me ask you this: Did you wear a mask when you were in Hong Kong? No, I wasn't there a couple weeks ago. But they are—they um, did the first weekend of shows last week, two weekends ago, and then I think last weekend the local government told them they need to wear masks on stage. The comedians—I don't oh, really? know—I don't think they did it, <laughs> but I think they're supposed to do it, and they're just risking, you know, somebody coming around and checking. Well, that's stupid. Half of the half <laughs> of a comedy routine is facial expressions. I know. I don't yeah. know if they get a clear one or what the deal is, but well, yeah. That's I mean, it's that's nuts, just ludicrous. It's ludicrous. It's, it's. So how's the, uh, how's the special doing? Cause it's on, um, yeah, I let's know. move on to something. Well, happy. Something else, something else. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you are getting, I mean, I feel like everything's getting giant ratings now that everyone's stuck at home. Right. Like, yeah. You know, my special did good. It came out, debuted number one on the comedy charts. It stayed yeah. up there. It's, I think it was number one for three weeks and then it fell back to seven, then up two, then to three, then to 50, then up to 12. But the thing that you notice about the comedy charts is you only have to sell five to be in the top of 100. Oh, I know. <laughs> turn yeah. it, turn it I was number two. Yeah, I know that. But the thing is, when I when mine came out, you know, you're watching the charts for your week or whatever, your couple weeks, whatever it might be. And I was at, up to the whatever, like number two or something. But you were like number three, seven, 11, 12, 13. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like all your old ones. It's like five people. It's you, John Mulaney, maybe right. Jim Gaffigan, and that's about it. I was really happy with it, though, because I haven't, you know, uh, my last full CD was my uh, 
stadium show that I did tailgate party in the in the University of Nebraska's football stadium. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and that was in 2009. And since then I did a project with Bill and Jeff and then I did a thing with just with Jeff called Them Idiots. So I never really it was my first hour long special in 10 years. And what's and, that like? Sorry, go ahead. Well, and I, so, and I don't really want to do television anymore. I don't want to be away from home. I'm, I'm sick of doing the movie stuff. I did it. It was fun. I just want to enjoy my life. I'm 57. My kids are at the perfect age. And so I wasn't really, the only limelight I really did is when I do all the uh, celebrity golf tournaments. So I was hoping, I was thinking, well, let's see how this does since I've been out of line. But I'll tell you what, man, it, uh, it is sold just the dvd itself is just done off the charts so that's great uh, yeah yeah, so comedy dynamics is really happy with it so i know i was really happy i got a really uh good fan base and uh they i mean i know you do because your fan base supports me yeah no (laughs) they do They, they they like supporting stuff um that's funny you know, and they don't like to get preached at about stuff. They just want funny comedy. And, and the whole reason I started the label is, is because uh, there's a lot of guys like you that are really funny that that need to be heard, you know? And thanks, man. You, you got these big record companies, unless you're, unless you're already out there selling out theaters and stuff, they're not even going to take a chance on you. So I just thought it was a good idea to start signing some guys that I think are funny. Cause I know if I think they're funny, people will think they're funny. And not only that, you're perfect for our station. You don't have any F, you know, not yeah. another F bombs or taking the Lord's name in vain or stuff like that. Cause a lot of people listen to our station have their kids in there. They're, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's clean. So, it's a clean. Um, it's just kind of how I developed naturally, you know? So I think it worked out. I know a lot of comedians the last few years were kind of mo- like trying to adapt their set for the radio. Right. And um, thank you. But it also kind of just worked out that that's where the set was anyway. It was clean. You know, right. No, it was awesome. And we, I'm happy to sign you. I mean, you're, you know, they get requests, you know, Merle takes the requests and I know that your name comes up a lot. Wow. That's cool. So we, requests. so we play, we play stuff as much as we can. You know, I have a, I'm going to put out a thing here pretty soon and just list everybody that's on my label and have people give them a list. And, you know, there's a guy I got called Tim, the dairy farmer. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I know people would think Tim, the dairy farmer, but man, that guy only, <laughs> you know, he was only working at ag conventions. Wow. Okay. And farm stuff. And I find that cause I grew up like he did. So I find all of his stuff hilarious. So I signed him and, uh, man, he gets some pretty good play out there. That's awesome. How'd you hear him? How did I hear Tim, the dairy farmer? Somebody (laughs) sent me, I, man, you know what? I heard a clip of him doing something that somebody sent me and I'm like, Oh man, Tim, the dairy farmer. And and so, (laughs) yeah. And so I got a hold of him and told him, I said, man, your stuff is really funny. And, so I uh, told him I wanted to sign him and he said, yeah, but he goes, make sure you get my name right. Cause a lot of people <laughs> can confuse me with uh cow patty, Tom. 
That's not even a, that's that's a, that's a common a common uh, mistake amongst audiences. Tim the dairy farmer gets confused with cow patty Tom. It was a big. It's kind of like that uh, Tom Bosley, you know the happy days guy and the Charlie's Angels guy. You know people always confuse. Yeah, those yeah, two. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, I saw pictures of Tom Rhodes with you. Tom Tom Rhodes is an old buddy of mine. And, oh uh, yeah. I Rhodes. saw pictures, you know, you know, Tom, do you know him from Florida or just yeah. from being on the road? Yeah. No, no, from Florida. Tom's a great guy. I really like Tommy Rhodes. He was the guy that we all looked up to as open micers in Florida. Really? It was Tommy back when he had his Jim Morrison long hair and sure. Yeah. But, here, but here's a great story Turner. Um, and we'll all, you can ask any one of us. Uh, we were all just open micers. I was open micing at the comedy corner in West Palm beach, Florida back in 1986. And, uh, is when that club opened. And so we had our little clique of comics, you know, carrot top and, you know, uh, Daniel Tosh would stop in there every now and then. And so we had our little, what a crew thing. we had. Our clique. <laughs> and, and then, uh, they had the Orlando click. And yeah. so we would go up, Joe Sanfilippo has these clubs called Bonkers, comedy clubs. And so we'd go up to Bonkers one day a week and do their open mic night. Uh, actually, we did about once every two weeks. But we'd go up and we, we got along really good with the Orlando guys. So this is such a great story. So one night, we all go to Denny's on Lee Road in Orlando <laughs> to write mm. jokes and just get some breakfast. It's like, I don't know, 1 o'clock in the morning, 1230. But sitting at the, there's a table of seven or eight of us and sitting there that day, everybody had jobs. We all had second jobs. We were all trying to be comedians. The only one that didn't, and he's the one we looked up to was Tom Rhodes. But sitting at that table with Tom that night was me, Tom, well, Tommy Rhodes, me, Carrot Top, um, uh, um, uh, Daryl Hammond. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. A Florida guy. Yeah. Jim Brewer. Holy cow. Wow. Billy Gardell. Dude. <laughs> uh, a comedian named Tom Ryan from, he lives in New York now. Yeah. And my, my buddy, Chris Baker, who's, uh, Holy the, cow. who is a syndicated radio talk show host now, but we were all at that table together. All, That's all of nuts. Us. And everybody, I mean, you're only missing the Regans. That's about it for Florida, right? Yeah, Brian right. and Dennis. Yep. The, yep. the Regans always used to come down there to, to Orlando. You know who would stop by once a year? It was hilarious. Tom Ryan always had a great line about it. Um, uh, Mitch Hedberg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mitch Hedberg would come by on his way down to Fort Lauderdale or Miami. We never knew what the guy was up to. But Mitch Hedberg, <laughs> was, he, every year he would stop by. He'd pop in, say hi to everybody because he'd met us the years before. This is like his, I don't know, he'd pop in. They'd say, please welcome from blah, blah, blah. He'd run on stage and he'd kill. He'd go up for 10 minutes and just yeah. smoke it at the open mic night. And then come off stage, say goodbye to everybody, and leave. And we wouldn't see him for another year. And Tom Ryan goes, man, that guy's like Haley's comic. <laughs> well, well, I brought had, up – yeah, go ahead. Sorry. We had that club in West Palm Beach. I was so fortunate to be able to start at that club 
because it was Rolling Stone magazine at one time pitted it as the fifth best comedy club in the country. The guy that owned it was my first manager. He's passed away since John Stoll, but he was a big rock promoter down there. He owned Phantasma Productions. So every week was just packed with the best acts that you could think of. They all came yeah. through there, you know, Seinfeld and flipping Jay Leno or Seinfeld and, and Rich Jenny and Dennis Wolfberg and all the yeah. Saturday night life. So one time the biggest night ever, and we were just going nuts. He had a little theater next door. And he, so he brought in the Budweiser comedy jam. So performing at the comedy corner was Larry Miller. Yeah. And next door at the Budweiser comedy jam was Richard Belzer, Dana Carvey, and Dennis Miller. Holy cow. And in the condo, staying and waiting to perform the next two weeks because her parents lived in West Palm Beach was Emo Phillips and Judy Tenuta. Wow. And so after the Budweiser Comedy Jam got done, they came over to hang out for the second show to watch Larry Miller. So sitting in the back of the room watching Larry Miller was all three of those guys, Belzer, Carvey, and Dennis Miller, Judy Tenuta, Emo Phillips, all sitting in the back of the room. Who comes walking in? Jerry Seinfeld. He's visiting his parents in Lauderdale, and he wants to come say hi to his Larry Miller. I mean, just a crazy. That was one of the craziest nights ever. We were, and you were there, and was like all these all the local guys probably too. All the locals, and you know when I first started doing Larry the Cable Guy on stage, yeah, as a character. Um, I just did it for about two or three minutes in my show. I didn't, ex- you know, I was just, it was just, I was doing characters. I was trying to find something funny to do. Yeah. And I got done. I'd been doing it. And this was before I ever did it on radio, but Dana Carvey and uh, not Dana Carvey. Um, uh, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Making, making copies. Oh, oh. David uh, State or no no no, oh, no Rob Schneider Rob Schneider Rob, yeah so Rob <laughs> Schneider and David Spade are co-headlining the room and I got off stage and right when I got off stage both of them came up to me and said Dan that flipping cable guy that's a Saturday Night Live character you got to keep oh. working on that that's funny yeah and, so kind of gave me some incentive to keep going on it yeah well. And then, then the Lincoln, Nebraska, whatever the stadium is, came next, right? Eighty thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what was yeah, that? Right. What was that like performing for? How many people is that? Oh, I mean, man. sixty, seventy thousand. So it was fifty-three thousand. Yeah. And they because we couldn't use the back of the stadium because the stadium. Was yeah. There, so we used the sides, the middle, and the other side. And uh, man, it was Turner. I never want to do it again. My manager said, hey, we should do another one down in Florida because, you know, I lived in Florida. for." I said, yeah. nah, you know, JP, I'm done. That, like, that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I'm glad we did it. First, when he mentioned we were going to do it, I said he was nuts. I said, <laughs> yeah. we're not What are you, stupid? We're not going to do a football stadium. That's stupid. Oh, I think we can do it. I said, well, it's going to, first of all, it's going to be embarrassing because well- – if you sell 15,000 tickets, that should be pretty good. But in a football stadium, no, yeah. I won't carry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah. You know what? Yeah. So I'm thinking, yeah, it's going to look empty. And I was, I didn't want to do it at first, but he convinced me that we would do well. So I remember the first day it went on sale. I am so dreading it. 
And uh, all of a sudden I got a phone call from my peg, my friend peg in the ticket office. And uh, she says, Hey, have you, have you heard about any of the accounts today? And I said, no, Peg, please, please don't <laughs> tell me I'm eating it. She goes, eating it. Are you kidding me? We just went, she goes, we've, we've been on sale for three hours and you're already up to 22,000. <laughs> and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So then I got stoked, but I was so flipping nervous for that show. And I remember my jaw started popping. You know how you get like a pop jaw sometimes yeah. and it wouldn't go away. So a couple of days before the show, I said, man, what is going on with my teeth? So I went into the dentist. First thing he said, he goes, what are you stressing out about? I said, <laughs> well, why? I'm not stressed. He goes, no. He goes, every time your jaw pops, generally it's uh, stress related. And then I said, well, that's that show. And so I'm not kidding. As soon as I got the first couple jokes out, my nervousness went away. Yeah. I only played for the front. I played because I've done a lot of fairs. So I only played for the people I could see right in front of me on the floor. And I just let everybody else follow. I kind of slowed my pace down because I'm all one liner type stuff. So I kind of slowed my pace down. So my timing could be with that pace and man, it came out so good. And as soon as I said good night and walked off stage, my jaw got better. Really? Uh huh. I mean, I imagine the pace. I've done like the most, like 500, been in a room with 500, and I have to slow down at that. So if you're doing 50,000, is it like a 30 second break between punchline and then starting? You know, it's that whole act out where you like have to act it out longer. Right. The- oh yeah, you do. I mean, it's all about, you know, the, I'm such a fan of comedy itself, but yeah. I love the one-liners. I grew up with those old time comics and I love the Dean Martin roasts. And, but a lot of my material, it's like Foxworthy said, you know, he could do my jokes and not get any laughs with yeah. it's how I tell the joke and the timing of the joke. So my act is a lot of, of, uh, it's just timing. A lot of my act depends on the timing of the joke. And so I had to really slow down yeah. uh, when I did that show. But, man, it turned out really great. That's for That's sure. That's awesome. But I don't ever want to have to go through that again. Yeah. Well, so cool. Well, we're taking a ton of your time here. So I enjoyed, I enjoyed talking to Turner Spark. Well, thanks so much, man. (laughs) Enjoyed talking to you as well. And um, we're going to get to the news here. We're going to let you get back to, uh, I guess, the the pond. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I got a nice little place I bought a long time ago out here in Lincoln, and I got 180 acres. It's a good little playground for the kids. But like I said, you know, I, I wanted to go back to Nebraska. I grew up here. I lived in Florida 33 years, and I love Florida. I love Florida, but you know, here it's just a lot of wide open spaces and I want my kids to kind of grow up with that. So, um, I yeah. went to university of Miami, by the way, I don't know if I've told you that before. Actually, I'll tell you this. I was at the national championship game when we played Nebraska, 2000, what about 2002? Right. It was the, was it Eric Crouch or yeah, you killed us. Tim 
I was at that yeah, game. But, yeah. And there yeah. was also Nebraska, Miami in the eighties. I remember as oh, a kid. My dad, my dad went, my dad went to Nebraska for one year. So I would root for you guys. Cause it was a, uh, cause you were great. So my, I remember that game. He went for two. Oh went yeah. For the, went for the win. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, Tom, we, Osborne. Hey, Tom Osborne had some balls, didn't he? Yeah. 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 He could have tied and won the national title. Yeah. Those days. But we went for two. So my favorite experience, but Nebraska, Miami though, is when uh, we beat him when they had Warren Sapp and, and uh ray lewis and, right and ray lewis and my favorite clip of all time i still have it taped on vhs my, fa- <laughs> my favorite clip of all time was warren Sapp doing a dance in front of osborne after tackling tommy frazier and then in the fourth quarter the guy on espn i can't remember who it was it was commentating that the main guy back in the day but uh it shows a picture of Sap and Ray Lewis taking oxygen on the bench. <laughs> and, and what's his name from ESPN goes? Keith, no, Keith no, Jackson or someone? No. They, 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 who was it? They, they, he's got his own radio show now through ESPN. Oh, Brent Musburger? No. no, ESPN. No, no. Oh, ESPN. Yeah, I'm the, not sure. Lee well, Corso, I don't know. No. <laughs> anyway, he goes, uh, a little bit of the cockiness leaving, apparently. <laughs> and it was like, oh, that's perfect. Tommy Frazier could really pull ball. So I, I, oh, Tommy Frazier got under, screwed. Yeah, Tommy yeah, Frazier should have yeah. won the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. And Great he play. got screwed out of that in 96. Well, I watched. It's funny you watch that game. I, sorry. A, about a month ago, just sitting around bored in the middle of this whole pandemic, I watched that uh, Miami Nebraska 2001 game. Oh, that no, was. I think we, it was 23 to three or something, wasn't it? I, it was 37. It ended up 37 to 14, which I didn't okay. remember. It was. Right. Uh, they got a couple. You guys got a couple fourth quarter touchdowns, but mm. yeah, that well, was the team. Was always, I tell you what, though, it was always like so unfair to play Miami in Miami on their yeah. home field for a bowl game. <laughs> oh yeah. The orange ball. Well, that yeah. one was in LA, but you're right. That was a real scam. We oh, had that's going. Right. It was yeah. in LA. That was, you know, I was at that one. Sucks the, to uh... play Miami in LA. Although I'll tell you from being, <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah still warm weather. You... I was at that game and there was, I mean that, what is the Rose bowl seats? Like a 80, 90,000 or something. Oh, yeah. It right. was 85 to 90% Nebraska fans and they were uncomfortably nice. Yeah. We're I, good I, fans. Everybody <laughs> was congratulating us on winning and I'm coming from Miami ready to like, you know, have that reputation of being nice fans where we are good fans. That's for sure. Well, I tell you what, they better. I sure hope that they play college football. I mean, if for anything, people need to understand that even, I mean, even during World War II and stuff, I mean, and, and the, you got to do it just for the camaraderie, just to get people up. You know, you can't keep everybody just depressed. You got to have an escape. Right now, every escape that the American people need is gone. Entertainment and sports. Well, that. that- yeah, sorry, but that golf thing yesterday with uh, was the it Tom Brady on, and, on yeah. Sunday? That that was the highest rated golf event of all time. Well, yeah, is- people want an escape, and that's what sucks about comedy clubs. That is such yeah. an escape. They should be also with churches. They should be essential. That they should be an essential part of American life because people need to laugh. It's good for the soul. And 
I, you know, I have so many different views on this, but none of this had to happen. And True. there's going to be, I think that, uh, there's going to be a lot of, uh, people once this is said and done there's going to be a lot of lawsuits coming down on some governors for this you know there's always a quote by a guy named uh, dallas willard that i like and his quote is always reality is what you bump into when you're wrong <laughs> you know that's a good one, that, that describes a lot of what's going on <laughs> yeah no doubt well. so anyway well, cool well thanks man uh, thanks for doing yeah, we it really appreciate it Hey, and, you guys uh, are great, man. Hey, and good luck on the podcast, Turner. Uh, thank uh, you so much. You know, and uh, and we'll podcasts keep, uh, are booming. Yeah, man, <laughs> they really are. So we'll, uh, <laughs> hey, man, we'll, we love working with you. And uh, anything you need, you just let us know. Well, thank you very much, man. I like it's it's so it's it's a luxury. I think it, where I'm at in comedy to have a place to go, <laughs> place to put an album. If I write material, I know it can come out somewhere. So I really yeah. appreciate it. Thank hey, you so man, much. You, you need to come on my serious show on Fridays every now and then. Play a couple games with us. Anytime, I'd love to. You got it, bro. Book them. Appreciate. Right, thanks, Larry. Appreciate you, man. Take thank it. you for having me. Yep. Enjoy the cigar. <laughs> hey, I got to do this before I leave. I'm so sorry, but it's in my contract. Get her done. Yes. Get her done. <laughs> Thank I, you. I, I barely had any accent the whole daggum conversation. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, Cap, let's get to the news. All right, show you guys. See ya. with the news but before all that larry the cable guy thank you for doing it sir round of applause yeah, for yeah. that was that was awesome yeah that was um best Came guest, hot. best guest best. in a while right yeah, it's been, you know, we're, I mean, we're getting better with the Zoom guests, you know, but he just came in hot. Like, we just, it was like right from, you turned on the mic and it was just like. I mean, he came in with his story. With I didn't even have time to introduce you. I know. So I, because I was introduced, I couldn't even get into it, but I have a lot of fishing questions. I, we might have on. I have, I never, in catfish, it was a whole, I could have, I could have spent 20 minutes asking him questions about that, but. Well, so to bring everyone <laughs> behind the curtain for a second, normally what happens on these Zoom things, the people come into Zoom, I say, hey, how you doing? We introduce them to Kaplan and then kind of away we go. Or I could introduce, I guess I forgot to introduce in advance, but he, he just came in like we were already on air. Right. So you wanted to get going quickly because yeah, he had like, stuff before we even, yeah. It's a real pro move to just come in ready to go, which is what he right. did. And so then I'm like, let's just start turn on the mics and start going. Plus, we're still adjusting. We, we're used to having studio, guests in studio where you chat, you, you make some small talk, you do this, and then you hit. But well, this I was, loved it. I thought it, it was, was great. great. Yeah. It was great. So, anyway, first news story of the week, Cap. We're only going to do a couple because we went um, a little extra That's time okay. for Larry there. Yeah. First news story of the week comes to us from, oh, this is a USA Today poll for parents. And this is going to be interesting, Cap. Six in 10 parents in the United States of America say they would be likely to pursue at-home learning options instead of sending their kids back to school in the fall. Okay. You, so this goes against everything I know about you, but what do you, what do you have to say? Well, so I, I saw the news story earlier and I thought it meant in, like in the for, forever, like they would just want to be like Larry homeschoolers. Yeah. And I thought people have lost their mind because if anything, and I, we didn't even get into this a lot, but if I, any part of me that liked the idea of homeschooling before is like, that's gone. I don't have like, it's, it's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's like a mental, 
it's like a, a, a test of your patience. Like maybe you like a test that CIA people should give you to see if you can like handle torture if you're caught or army people. Yes. Is that if you, if you go through the experience of distance learning, like I have, and you come out saying, yeah, I want to do more of that. You have a constitution. I don't recognize. You're like almost like a different human. <laughs> a constitution like I, don't, I don't recognize. But, but I, but <laughs> since, but since the poll says in the fall, I wonder if a lot of people mean because they don't like, they're still going to be scared of coronavirus. They don't want to send their kids back. That kind of thing. So here's my question like it, to you. So here's my question to you, Kaplan. Would it be say that the fall comes and numbers are low, right? But and the schools, De Blasio decides it's time to open back up. Cuomo agrees, which that'll never happen because they've never agreed on anything. Yeah, but say or- they do. They agree it's time to open back up, and um, numbers are low, but not. It's not gone. There's no vaccine yet, right? But, right. Uh, would would you then send your kids back to school if the schools are open? Oh, me? I'm a hundred percent. I don't even. I'm sending them to school regardless, even if the schools are closed. <laughs> I'm just saying, go in there, read some books, do play with a chalkboard. They have sure. stuff there, you know. Just but that's me. Uh, I need them to reopen. I if they don't like, I think what's going to happen in the fall is in places like New York City. I don't think they're going to be open full time. I think maybe it'll be like two days a week. Yeah, distance learning the rest. They're going to stagger it. So there's less kids because of te- older teachers, the teachers union, all this stuff. Like, I don't think they're going back to school. So until the idea vaccine. might be that your kids go two days a week and uh, other kids go the other two days of the week, something like yeah, that. Yeah. And then, so you have like smaller class sizes and maybe older teachers don't have to work or I don't know. They're going to figure something out to ple- try to please everybody because like, I've heard of so many people leaving and this is a little New York centric, but people are just moving out of New York city to other places because they don't think their so, kids, like these are the people, the 40% who don't want to homeschool their kids ever are all leaving. Like they're, they're just, just like, gone. they're assuming the rest of the country is going to have school open in the fall. Well, one thing that's interesting in the Northeast, you guys have boarding schools, which is where <laughs> you basically just send your kid away for nine months. And then they yeah. come back. They don't have older. those in other parts of the country. I don't know. I, I only knew of these through movies growing up and set in the Northeast, like outside of Boston or outside yeah. of New York city or Connecticut. I mean, we didn't have these in California. If they do, I didn't know about them. I knew no one who did them. But this idea that rich New York City parents will just send their kids. They're so rich that they don't want anything to do with their kids. They send them away for nine months a year. Come yeah, back well, when you're 11, you know, that type of thing. Well, I don't think Jews do that a lot. We're not big boarding schools. That's a, gen, a, that's just, a very that's Gentile a, Like thing. if you see yeah. like a sense of a woman or something or one of those old schools, they don't like, I don't know. Those aren't very Jewish places, but. Uh, we did. My parents used to threaten me with military school all the time. Oh, same here. Yeah, yeah, yeah they used yeah. to be like, they some cousin I never met got went to military school, and his manners all of a sudden they were. He was he was saying yes sir to everything when he came so, back. So, Kat, what what it yeah. was with us is that my parents like good friends are the Applegates, Buddy Applegate, yeah. oh. and Buddy Applegate and his brother Stephen Applegate, who at this point were in their mid sixties or I guess mid fifties. But when we were little kids, they'd say, you know, the Applegates, their parents sent them all to boarding school because they're yeah. bad boys. So if you guys keep it up. You're going to be like the Applegates. Yeah, that's exactly exactly what it was. Like you're going to do this, and, and then I, I I would think now the threat is to send your kids to homeschool though, because like yes, my kids desperately right here, my kids desperately want to go back to school. They miss their friends. They miss like they don't. They're not used to having a teacher just like lose their shit once a day and start screaming at them. <laughs> like <laughs> like I I just like I mean, yeah, teachers would be fired if they do that. Yeah, teachers would be fired. Yeah. So, so, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm so like drained from the day that I lost my, my joke that I had there. But I, my point is, we, I'm not, I'm the 40% who says no matter what, okay. go back to school because people are, like I said, like there's a, 
if you are a teacher, and this is my last thing I would say is if you're a teacher with the antibodies, you can make a killing. Like if you could tutor, yes, like you could just tutor kids. People are lo- wealthy. People are looking to hire someone to do the distance learning for them in the sure. fall. And so, but their big thing I'm sure is they don't want someone in their house who could give their kids coronavirus. So if you have the antibodies and you can know how to teach kids at all of any patients, you can make a lot of money in this you know, fall. Yeah. It was online looking for a job today. And she said she came across a job, $80,000 to be a nanny in New York city. Well, 80, 80 grand yeah. a year. You have to yeah. speak multiple languages and like, Oh, you have to be up like a certified chef or something. There's all these like certain things you need. I mean, I'm surprised because there's so many out of work nannies right now. I would think that they're offering, I mean, it's not a good market. Like somebody well, I, said to us, somebody texted Randy and was like, are you looking for a nanny? Cause I know some are good. It's like, are you out of your mind? Are you yeah, looking no, to bring no. a new person into my home? <laughs> no, absolutely not. All right. Last story. Yeah. last story of the week comes to us from also the New York, Oh, the New York post on this one. Scoring tickets to NYC drive-in movies is now a competitive sport. Kaplan. So oh my God. So drive-in theaters are all the rage right now. And um, it's yeah, to explain, ahead. well, to explain to people outside New York, uh, after much dispute, Governor Cuomo decided that that he would like that he would allow drive-ins to be open. They weren't open. Some people thought they should have been open. Yeah. And there's like five drive-ins in the whole state or something. But he decided to make an executive order. I think open them. And now people are they're sold out. Like there's one in Queens well, that this yeah, article the talks about. Thing to do. Yeah. So you have to like you can't get tickets, and the movies are all old. Like, cause there's no new movies coming out. Like they're from a few months ago. Kaplan, this uh, goes along with my theory that I've, I said, I, uh, established a while back, which is that, okay, everything I've loved to do my whole life. Now America is getting on board. I, my whole high school was, we went to the drive-in movie theater all the time. I mean, like multiple weekends. A I, only went, I think I went like once. I can't remember ever going. It was a it, great date move. It was also a great before you could date, like when you're all one person is 16 and they have a license and everyone else is like 15. Still, you go as a group, all five yeah. of you, you get in the back of a, everyone had pickup trucks or like Broncos or minivan, not minivans, really, but you get in the back, you need to get in the hatchback of a car. You turn on the radio and everybody can hang out back there. Somebody brings a bottle of vodka, you know, everyone gets drunk. It's, it's a yeah. great time for high school kids. Yeah, well, this is uh, that goes with the whole uh, what the theme right now is just the golden year for high school kids, underage kids. You can order booze to go now everywhere. Yeah, it's, it, the drive-ins are in are allowed. I don't uh, like it's a. I think it's a it's a psychological thing where nobody goes to drive-ins. There's a reason there's five in the whole state of New York State is because nobody goes anywhere. Most well, people the weather go. probably as well. California. I mean, at least we had one that was pretty much nine months a year. You could hit it up. Wait, but people also just don't go to movies because they have everything at home. They watch it on a phone. They watch it yes. on a computer. But now that it's like we've been sitting at home, everyone's been talking about how people who have the means of just sitting home watching Netflix nonstop. All we do is watching screens. Yeah. But now that there's an activity to watch a movie somewhere else, now it's like, oh, my God, I have to do this. This is the greatest thing. I mean, we go, we go feel, like we go out for the day, our activity yeah. to go out. A big thing I did this morning to go out was I went to the po- the post office. I didn't go inside. I just went to the mailbox and dropped in a letter oh, and came home. And that's that was quite a, an activity. That's a big day. day out. So big compared day. to that, going to a uh, drive-in movie theater is like going to Woodstock in normal. Yeah. Times. Well, we talked about making plans next week to go with one of Ruby's friends who we haven't seen, but we've been, tiptoeing around maybe having some sort of distance play date and we're like oh we'll all go to the drive-in movie but i was like what are they going to be is the is her friend going to be in our car no so like what's the we're going to sit in cars next to each other and watch a movie like how is this a play date 
that the kids yeah. are going to enjoy. It's <laughs> but not much. It's, anyway, uh, that is it's it, something. Kaplan. That's yeah. the show. Everybody, uh, subscribe to us on Patreon. Kaplan and I do this four more times a week, just the two of us, every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We're putting out half-hour episodes about Updating. whatever happened in the news that day, plus whatever happened in our lives in quarantine that day. You can get it at Lost in America. Uh, no, Patreon.com slash Lost in America. All this, including the video for this episode and the audio and the links will be at lostinamericapod.com, P-O-D-pod.com. Check me out, turnersparks.com. And come check out my Zoom show uh, every Friday night. It's a clean show every Friday on Zoom. You can get get tickets at turnersparks.com. Anything else? What did I miss, Cap? I think you forgot one thing to say. Let's oh, wait, get wait, lost. Wait, 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 wait. Before that, before that, also my album is at turnersparks.com. It's on Larry's record label. It's on Get Her Done Records. Get Her Done. In September. If you email, if you go to my uh, website, I can sign it and mail you a copy. I have them here in Virginia. I have copies. Of and you're going to wear, you wear gloves when you sign these. Of course, social yes. distancing from the CD. Exactly. Yeah, I barely All even right, touch one. it. So barely even touch it. That's Let's get it, that clear. Cap, get her done. And what should we do? Get her lost. Get her lost. <laughs>